Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they're up to outside of the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast, we have alumna, speaker, author, and Chewbacca mom, Candace Sharp Payne from the class of 2001. All right, Candace Payne, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Love that energy this morning. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've only been up an hour, so it kind of like starts off at like this high octane level, and then it just dwindles <laughs> until about 3 p.m. until I can get my fifth cup of coffee or something like that. So, Or just maybe a good iron supplement. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My goal when I get up is to not take a nap. Because oh. <laughs> it's quarantine life. You know, I'm working from home. I think, you know, I, I could take a nap, but I shouldn't. I, I, should work. I can't participate in that life. My goal is to take a nap. Like I have specifically during quarantine bought a hammock for my naps. <laughs> like I literally have a new hammock in the backyard that everybody knows. You just don't talk to mom when she's in the hammock. You just, it's okay. It's her space. That's her time. <laughs> yeah. 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 For real. Fine. Well, how is your family surviving quarantine? Oh my goodness. Well, you, you don't hear them now. So that's good. Um, my kids are doing online schooling and through the end of the school year. So, uh, our district down here in Texas, they took about, mm, I want to say like maybe two to three weeks to kind of figure out if they were capable of doing some online and zoom classes and things like that and what they were going to do to adjust grades and all those things. And, And in all honesty, some of those things are still pretty fluid, but for my kids that are fourth and fifth grade, they just have maybe a couple of hours of work every day that they can log in and do an attempt. You know, I got to be honest. I had a breakdown point at one point and I was like, okay, I'm just about to unenroll and be like, we tried, we tried, <laughs> we tried our hardest, but I, you know, cause I kind of felt like, man, the, the reflection of what they're getting in the work almost felt as though it was grading. How well can my kids use a computer? instead of how well do my kids know the material. And I think that there's there's a lot of grace over grades right now for everybody. And so that's kind of what we're seeing. And so it's it's just to keep the brain active and keep them quiet and shut them up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's 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 really um it's been good having that system in place. And we actually made like a little homeschool calendar and stuff. So we've 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 got some good structure in our day. It helps our kids. Um I have some kids with uh, learning disabilities, and so that helps us. Any structure is good for stuff like that. And yeah. do you have a countdown until the homeschool moment stops, or how many? Yeah, how many oh, yeah, yeah. May twenty eighth, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I'm the fun mom. I, I have to be the fun mom. I've always wanted to be a fun whatever. I never really dreamt of being a mom. Now I'm like Chewbacca mom and fun mom. Um, <laughs> but I'm telling you, the thing that I've done. Every time that school ends, I pick up my kids from school with a ice chest full of water balloons. And as they're coming out of school, I throw them at them. <laughs> like I just start tossing water balloons at my kids when they're trying to come to the car, their last day of school. And I'm like, get prepared. The fun's about to start, you know? So we might have to, you know, kind of uh, adjust how we do that but I'm, I'm pretty sure the water balloon thing is still going down on may 28th last day we're going to celebrate so 
Yeah, I like keeping traditions, keeping as much, you know, yeah. as you can. We drive to our favorite Mexican restaurant every Friday and get takeout, even though it's in Hot Springs and we can't go in. But I have I to have that. a sense of normalcy in my life. Yeah. I'm going to lose it. Dude, I'm missing tableside guacamole. Right. Like, do you, like, like, I'm sitting here. My husband's like, okay, well, you know you can make guacamole at home. And I'm like, don't you dare say those words. It's not the same. It's not the same. If you don't provide me a tray and somebody much more talented in making that tableside guacamole, I don't know if I can survive much more of this. I think restaurants get a better quality avocado. It just wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be the same. Absolutely. And I just don't know. They've The one that we, have you ever been to an Uncle Julio's? Let's talk about this. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this. This is the real dish right here. They serve their salsa warm. Mm. Okay. 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 So at first I was like, (laughs) because you know, Tex-Mex Candace and, and I'm sitting here thinking this is actually heavenly. Right. So that was my first, like, okay, I'm in. And then when they introduced one time you get a free table sidewalk when you sign up for like their loyalty, they're like, we'll give you one for free. That's how they hook you, man. <laughs> that table side guacamole, they have like a special oil in this unlabeled bottle that they put in it. And I'm like, that's that's what I need to know how to do at home. That's what I'm missing. Put that in my purse, taking it out. Yes. Give me a bottle of that. I don't know. It's probably fuel, maybe. <laughs> so tell us about your family. Tell us about your kids, about your husband, life there in Texas. My husband and I have been married nearly 19 years. Uh, we, we've, we've actually celebrated here in December 18. Um, we've got two kiddos, 10 and 11 years old, a boy and a girl. I mean, it's the picturesque family, except that my husband looks like a Duck Dynasty guy. And, you know, I, I mean, like, I, it's so funny because my husband's everything that was on my do not want list, like the literal opposite of everything that I wanted. And I always joke, I'm like, he's exactly everything I didn't want, but all that I needed. You know what I mean? Like every quality that I absolutely need, he, he 100% is. And it's so funny how, um, when you're in college, you remember this, you, it's, you think you know what you want and you really are like, I've got all these goals and ambitions. My life's going to look this way. And you couldn't tell me today that I would have the family that I have living where I'm living. I wouldn't have believed you, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. We, we love our little core four is what we call ourselves. Um, except for my son wants to call us the four horsemen from wrestling. And I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. It's core four. Yeah, that involves so, body slamming and jumping off the road. Yeah, yeah, I've got too much. That's too much drama for our family. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. No, we. Um, but yeah, we've we've been here in Grand Prairie, Texas, um, for about eleven years now, and uh, we've lived in Texas the whole time that we've been married. But, but yeah, that's about who we are and what we are. My husband's an essential worker right now. Um, he does infrastructure. Um, he works for uh, a company that gets parts to major truck fleets delivering what we need. <laughs> so, I mean, if they're shut down, a lot of delivery stuff is shut down. So <clears throat> we've been blessed. Toilet paper, so. Oh gosh, toilet paper and. Clorox wipes. <laughs> yes. And snacks, the quarantine snacks, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we've just been blessed in this time to just have some normalcy of him being able to go to work every day and, and for me, I'm a stay at home, work from home mom, uh, but usually not homeschooling, you know, so that's been the bigger change for us. But, but that's who we are. That's, that's our core four. Nice. I'm sure you're missing being on the road and speaking to folks and, and. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love I love traveling and I love meeting people face to face. Um, and I really love that connection. Um, but I'm telling you, it's also been kind of just this sweet um, for me moment of of a slowdown, a pause. And I hate even really saying that because it's been forced on a lot of people and it's not so sweet for people, you know, and I'm not trying to compare my circumstance with anybody else. But for me, I, I looked at one of my years out of 52 weekends, I think I was traveling 48 of those. Yeah. And so I hadn't done that even in about a year. I started slowing down about a year ago in 2019. Um, <clears throat> and, but now I'm finding myself with this kind of pause, even more of just a halt. And it's been so good. It's been so good. I've been able to get things done around the house that I've been putting off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was one more item away from hoarders on TLC. That's really what was happening here. You know, I was pretty sure camera crew was going to be coming in and be like, why are there piles in every corner? So, I mean, like I've just been taking the time to, to take care of my home and take care of my family. And it's, it's been refreshing for me. That's good. Yeah. We started landscaping this week because the previous people who owned our hundred year old house ripped out all the bushes and there was nothing. And I thought to me, it looks clean, neat and it, yeah. maintenance free. Emily, it's been driving her crazy. So we got these plants and put them out and Danny Hayes, you know, our Dean of Christian studies is our, yeah, okay. he goes, that's going to look spectacular. And Emily <laughs> said, wow, everyone's been talking about us for two years, <laughs> but we're getting it done. You're getting it done. Getting you're getting it done. You've, you're like the, you're Arkadelphia's Chip and Joe. That's what you are. Just claim it. Just, you know, just say we're bringing a little Chip and Joe up here. We're going to try not to kill knockout roses and ferns. That's our goal. Yeah, you can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you. Nice. Hey, any funny quarantine moments with your fam? Anything that's been, oh, made you laugh my, a little bit? You know what? I would say this. My favorite moment have been the ones that we've had to make. Um, my son turned 10 during quarantine. He had a birthday. And so I don't know if you've ever seen those places where they come and they do like huge yard signs in yeah, your front I yard. That. I didn't know that was a thing, but they are massive. They are like massive. So I just, um, we ordered one of those to say happy birthday to our son. And then, um, we had like a drop off box for gifts and his friends and like a bottle of Lysol there so that they could <laughs> spray down the gift. Um, and then we let it sit for four minutes, the CDC recommendation. And, um, <laughs> and then we actually, that was great. Well, we had, some, well, I, when somebody gets sick around my house, we live in a glory cloud of Lysol. I just follow them and I'm spraying, you know, I'm like, we don't need the Bible stories about a pillar of smoke. We got a glory cloud of Lysol up in here. Okay. And uh, that's where, that's where God is. He's making you healthy in that, getting that cloud, you know? So um, we did that. And then we actually have like a blow up screen and a little projector and, and we did a, we couldn't go to the movies, So we brought the movies to our backyard and then that was fun. So then, you know, it got a little bit warmer here and we pulled out the inflatable pool and then a night later we did, a dive in movie and had the kids swim while we watched Moana. I mean, like we're it. just, I'm just trying to find ways that we can make memories in the middle of all of this, where they're going to come out and be like, that was, it was a confusing, crazy time, but man, it, I'll never forget it. And it was fun, you know? Um, so I'm just trying to create as many spaces as I can possible for that. Obviously, you know, social media gives you those highlights. Mm -hmm. And doesn't give you the stuff where we're like, I said for the 20,000th time, <laughs> three squares only. <laughs> you know? Ration that out. 
yeah. yeah. Right. Do, what do you think? We live on we on a mountain of gold around here. <laughs> but no, I mean, we've had some good times. We've had some really, really sweet moments during quarantine. That's good. Yeah, I've I've heard one of my coworkers say that was the first time I yelled at my children, and I mean, I mm-hmm. I meant it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be the best of times and worst of times. Stuck and I bet that was liberating for your coworker. That's good. <laughs> They're probably like, I want to do this more. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Your listeners right now, they're all like, wow, she's just mean. She's Violent. Mean. Violent, yeah. Love big, love hard. <laughs> hey, have you got any tips or ideas for moms out there that have kids at home trying to finish school and trying to take care of the fam and things around the house. How are you, how are you juggling it all? Any tips or tricks for moms out there? Yes. I, you know, there's two things I could tell you. Um, Number one is be authentic. Like, I know that that sounds really silly, but be real, be real with the situation that's at hand. This is a global pandemic. It's something we've never faced before. You don't have to put on a fake face and say, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, if you do that, like, I think that's actually more damaging is to promise a good outcome when you don't know if there's going to be one. You know, I just remember (laughs) with my family growing up, when we would face hardships and listen, we faced hardships. We were, I was like homeless when I was like a kid at one point, you know, and everybody just be like, it's okay. And I remember like, um, just the first time I sat down in a therapist office, like I was unraveling all of the it's okay's. So I would just say, be authentic. You know what I mean? When you need to cry, cry and don't hide that stuff. You know, um, that's such a healthy way to respond. In my opinion is just going, or even letting your kids have the freedom and space to just be not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, what's I, I don't want to go too deep here, bud, but like <clears throat> even the biblical response, there's a whole book called lamentations in the Bible. Why? It's because I think we're, there's a season for everything under heaven. When it's time to lament, lament, do it, take that pause, be real. And then the second thing I'm going to say is this is, is be creative. So if you can just be authentic and then be creative, like know that, yes, it's not the normal that we've been living. It's not even a new normal that we want to continue living, but you can be creative. And and that's what I'm seeing on social media. You know, um, all these people coming up with creative ideas of how to throw a bachelorette party <laughs> or, or like how to, how to have weddings. I saw uh, one wedding they had at a drive-in movie theater and they had the efficient come on the huge screen, you know, and like everybody was in their cars. And so there's just these creative ways that that we can work through this time right now. And I'd say, um, if you don't feel creative, that's a lie. Like there are things that you can do that are creative that you may feel are just, Oh, I I don't know if that's like so-and-so's idea. Just stop comparing your ideas to others. Do the things that you know how to do. And when that idea comes into your mind, don't think, Oh, that's stupid. Just try it out and see what happens. Even if you fail, it's going to be fun in the trying, you know? So um, what else we got to do during this time? Well, I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Be creative. <laughs> I love it. What are you most looking forward to when things go back to normal? If that's even a thing, what, uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I can tell you right now. A recliner movie theater. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying it. Give me a bucket of popcorn and a recliner and like just a great flick. I was so disappointed, man. March 20th was the release date of A Quiet Place 2. 
Oh. Come on now. That I was I was wanting to know what happened with these daggum aliens. And because listen, the first Quiet Place movie, I had no clue it was gonna be that quiet. And so I brought in some Chipotle chips and queso. Shh, don't tell anybody. And I'm sitting there in the movie trying to eat. Well, <laughs> I'm like, I've got it planned, you know, and there's a loud part. Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> this daggum movie was quiet for two hours. And I've got a bag of chips that I'm rustling through trying to eat. Oh, it was one of my favorite memories. But I mean, I got hooked with that stupid movie and I was so excited about the sequel. And um, John Krasinski just kind of released this little public little statement that just said, this is one of those movies that we're going to hold because we feel like it needs to be enjoyed as a crowd. And so, which I totally respect. I respect the artistry of that, but man, when a quiet place two comes out, you're going (laughs) to, I'm going to shut down my schedule and my world. I will be there. I got to figure out what happened next. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do the select your recliner seat where it's like you pick your family and then you have to jump six seats or something, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that either. You know, Tim Harrell, our friend that works here at yes. in Campus Activities Student Life Office, he showed A Quiet Place down at the Spear Pavilion by the river. Whoa. So you couldn't hear anything except for like, you know, rustling in the leaves when everybody would freak out. And so no. yeah, I'm sure that number two will be on the on the list for next year with our students back on campus. That's fun. Find me in the bushes. There I'll be there. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> Scaring people. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you're looking forward to when uh, this is all lifted? I'm sure eating oh. in a Mexican restaurant. I mean, oh, definitely. It's just not the same bringing it home, but I'm thankful for it. I but. am too. I am thankful for it. But yeah, um, I would say just as like almost every mom school. You know, I think um, number one, I love our teachers. I love I love those that are in um administration, even in the school, the counselors are offering counseling sessions for our kids, and which is just in- incredible. But you never really realize how just independent your kids are growing and becoming in those school halls. And not only that, but, you know, their friendships that they've formed, mm-hmm. like, it's not that they've just isolated from learning or education. It's they've isolated from some deep friendships that really are developing their social growth. And so for my kids, oh man, I can't wait to drop them off at school with a backpack on their shoulders and watch their smile and take the pics and say goodbye. You know, Um, it'll make their heart full and anything that makes my kids heart full makes mine full as well. Yeah. 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 We're looking forward to it. We cannot wait to have our students back here uh, it's just i mean it's so quiet it's like quiet place on campus but beautiful that you know it's not the same without without students on campus for sure oh man but you got some free reign to go have some fun dude (laughs) (laughs) we go get sonic and we go to the neighbor's table in the middle of campus and yes together Uh, yes moments i dreamed for an empty campus If only the scooters had stayed, you know, they took our scooters away because we didn't have enough people riding them. And man, if they were here, we'd be cruising all around campus right now. No, I probably, yeah, I probably shouldn't confess. I'm going to confess it. (laughs) I had a geo tracker when I went to Washita. Do you remember that? It was like, okay, well, I left the top off of it several times and it rained inside of it. And I'm like, well, it's still functioning. We're good. But I would also, I also discovered the actual width of that thing was about the size of a golf cart. And so, like, I would drive up on to the actual sidewalks to class, and I got a ticket or two every now and then that I had to pay. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's years ago. I was 
I was really dumb in college with my, you know, judgment, but I'm telling you, if I had a free empty campus, I could come up with some ideas. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a geo tracker time. We'd have to go get one out of box somewhere. On the yes. <laughs> yes. It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. That is so funny. Yeah. I don't know. I, we were definitely, you know, college was a different time and I'm so glad we didn't have social media. Back oh, Man, I'd be boy. in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so weird right now because like who I am is based on with social media. Like my life is fulfilled because of social media, but man, if it was just a little bit earlier, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think, uh-uh, no way, no way. Yeah. All my college thoughts should not have been on social media for sure. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Candace in college is a whole different breed of, of something. That's for sure. We needed that time to learn and grow. And now we're Grown up, sure. We can be look at you. Look at you making a blue blueberry pie out of nothing. That was good. (laughs) We know you here as Candace Sharp Payne. Yeah. That's funny. We know, you know, you were known for taking three words and writing a fun song, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, but a lot of folks know you as Chewbacca Mom. And so I think we're coming up on an anniversary of that video being shared, right? Yeah, it's the Chewbacca Mom anniversary. That's what we call it. <laughs> yeah, try making that a hashtag. It's really long. I think it's May, um, right? It's May seventeenth or May nineteenth. Sorry, May nineteenth. Um, it's actually the day that was Peter Mayhew's birthday. No. I had no clue. So the actor that played Chewbacca, for those of the listeners that are not big Star Wars fans, um, it was on his birthday, and um, I had no clue until after I posted the video. But um, yeah, May 19th will be four years since posting that. Well, yeah, I remember because May 19th is my birthday. <gasps> and it's John Merriman's birthday. A special day. And yeah, David Stanley, one of our you know alum friends, texted me and said, yes. Candace has put out a very Candace video. You need to go check it out. <laughs> it's so Candace. And we watched it and I cackled and David cackled and Emily cackled and went to bed. And the next morning, David is like, uh, you need to check this out. These numbers, like people yeah. are, a ton of people are watching this video. And I mean, we loved it, of course, but I love how the world really, you know, embraced it and loved it. Tell us about how the video came to be and what things have been like since that video. Oh man. Well, I'll try to condense it pretty short and just give you some highlights, but honestly, it was just enjoying my birthday week. Um, my birthday's May 13th. And so I just went and got myself a toy for my birthday. And I wasn't planning on doing that. I was returning yoga pants and I ended up instead getting this toy mask because it made some funny sounds. And, and once I put it on, I was just going to use Facebook live to maybe see if some of my friends were on trying to pick up their kids from school and they thought it was fun toy and they could see what I got myself. And it, it ended up, I mean, not just going viral. It was mega viral. This video is four minutes of me laughing, basically. And the sound of a Chewbacca mask roaring at the same time. And um, by the time I went to bed that night that I posted the video, it was nearing a million views. And I thought, my goodness, I don't know a million people. Like, who are these people? Like, I've learned about privacy settings since then. They're, those those things are, are real, you know? Yeah, real. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the next day, I actually found um, that it didn't just go a little bit viral. Because the definition of viral 
is, according to Wikipedia, um, a trusted site. Um, it, it says if you have 1 million views within four, uh, 24 hours, it's considered and classified as viral. So I thought, well, I'm almost there. That's cool. Who can say that? The next morning I woke up and it wasn't just, you know, 1 million views, 2 million views. It was, it was 24 million views the next morning, just by the time that I was sleeping. And before the weekend ended, it had actually racked up so many millions of views that it landed me in the Guinness World Book of Record for the most viral video view count within 48 hours. And so, isn't that stupid? I mean, it still is. It still holds that record. From what I know, I mean, somebody fact check that. I don't want to be. <laughs> but I think, I really do think that that's um, still the record, uh, even after four years almost. And um, it ended up transforming my whole life. Either I was just going to have a really fun media week after that, or it was just going to begin to launch some dreams that I had had. And honestly, John, you know me from college. You know that my creative bug has always been there. Mm -hmm. And my desire to not just entertain, but just make people laugh and make people feel good has always been huge. Some of it's in college was probably geared from the need of acceptance. <laughs> you know, in college, you saw desperate candidates. <laughs> you saw, you saw, love me, love me, you know. Um, but as you grow up, you, you evolve and you, and you realize that, no, those things innately inside of me are not just for me. They're for others, too. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it as a big opportunity to just kind of step into who I really am and uh, do some creative things that I've always wanted to do. And so the big thing that I kept on telling myself in the middle of all of it, when it first went viral was don't ever do something I wouldn't do authentically mm -hmm. and love. Right. And then don't be opportunistic, like walk through every open door, but don't knock any down. Like mm -hmm. I just kept on feeling like that was so important to do. And now I look back and I've written you know, two books with Zondervan. I've got a Bible study curriculum that was called Defiant Joy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was two years ago now. Uh, and it's done really well. And then I've also got a new Bible study curriculum coming out June 2nd this year, um, like just, you know, weeks away. And so <clears throat> like I've seen the capability of being able to step into a career, step into really what I've seen is just my calling um, that I'm probably either misplaced on other affections or other desires. But it's really cool to say that that video actually allowed me to discover my, my actual calling of what I'm supposed to do with my life. And, you know, sometimes you find it out when you're in college and sometimes you find it out when you're 37 in a car wearing a toy mask, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Um, but I've, I've had an incredible four years and to be honest, um, the video will cycle back up during different seasons. I mean, we just celebrated May the 4th this week, yeah. you know, and so I get a lot of requests to, around May the 4th to, can you come speak at this event? We'd love to have Chewbacca, you know, so a lot of Star Wars love and things. Um, and then, you know, we celebrated the close of a decade here at 2019 at the beginning of the new year, 2020, and they show the video over and over again, say these are one of our highlights. And so every now and then it'll circle up or somebody will share it again. Um, so it's just so crazy watching the life of that video and how much joy that it brought people. Uh, but for me, man, it's, that's a loaded question when you say what's happened since. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really feel like I've just stepped into discovering who I am and what I'm meant for from what happened since, you know? Yeah, totally. It, yeah. You know, this is really tough. I mean, it's been four years of excitement and, and growth, yeah. but 
Um, was there one of those like media moments or something that stands out as your favorite? Like, Oh man. I mean, there were so many, like you got to do so many amazing things. But, like, is there one thing if you think that was like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me? Well, I would be stupid if I did not say all the star Wars stuff was amazing. Uh-huh. So like, um, I, I got to meet JJ Abrams on the set of James Corden, um, late show. Mm-hmm. And that was a surprise that they surprised me with. I flipped out. I mean, I told the man to, sh- you know, I shushed him <laughs> within five minutes because I was so stressed meeting him, you know? And, uh, I mean, there's just stuff like that that I'll never, ever forget. But, um, what a lot of people don't realize is I was invited to the Dallas comic-con within about three weeks of that video posting. And they set up a booth for me to meet people. And I'm like, why are you setting up a booth for me? Who am I? I have nothing to offer these people. I don't have a headshot that I could sign. I've got no product. This is just come meet Chewbacca mom. They made a huge banner. They put me right next to, um, Jack from game of Thrones. Like it was, yeah. Like I'm like, what is happening? Like it was so weird. Um, but I met George Takai that day. Um, and I got to obviously be on, um, a panel with Peter Mayhew there. He's the one that invited me to begin with. And, um, and, and then got to spend some time with him and his family in a green room and just let my family meet his. And that was, that was phenomenal. But the other thing that I I can't dismiss is that day I got to meet Stan Lee for the -hmm. first time. And so we met him and took pictures with him and it was just this quick meeting well, then I got to meet him again in, in a private event for Hascon. It was a Hasbro, the mm-hmm. toy company, their, their family conference. We shared a green room as we were backstage doing stuff and, and just get to be able to have a ham sandwich with Stanley and just have my kids throw, uh, shoot off Nerf guns around them and, and scare, scare them to goodness, you know? And so I'm, I just found like, I, I had to meet, I had the opportunity to meet two giants that I had never thought I would ever cross paths with. When I think about Peter Mayhew and Stan Lee now no longer be living here to say that I could, I could be in that rare group that got to, to be blessed and honored by meeting them um, and, and getting to know them a little bit. And so I just feel like if that's really a highlight, it's, it's seeing those that we've lost that were giants in the industry and that I got to just, you know, sit with and talk who can say that you know it's huge that's awesome yeah one of the top reasons i was excited to have you as our first like official guest is that you you have a podcast and (laughs) i'm I'm learning to podcast i had to teach myself garage band i lost all my files on the first one and started like weeping openly and emily almost put me in it's okay yeah Um, yeah. i'd be so nervous on this first like full episode i needed a pro as a guest, (laughs) but tell us about your podcast. I want to hear about, about it, how it started. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Well, don't be, don't be twisted about this. Okay. So I have a podcast, but I have a co-host as well. And she really is the nuts and bolts to a lot of the things that make it successful. So I co-host with a friend of mine called Jenny Randall, and she is an Emmy award-winning editor and um, she's also an author and speaker and church communicator. And she reached out to me about two years ago I, from nobody, you know, mm-hmm. and just said, hey, I have a new book called uh, Courageous Creative. And she's got all these uh, 30 day devotionals about becoming more creative and unleashing the creative stuff. Can I send you a copy and see if you like it? 
So I loved it so much. Listen, I get people sending me books probably two to three times a week right. for me to either endorse or just, you know, help with or something. Um, once you become a published author, I think people are like, I need help. And you, I knew you and help me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm still learning it too. So <laughs> let me connect you with my literary agent. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, um, but this was one of those things that when I opened up her document and saw the PDF of what her book was going to look like, I flipped out. It was so good. So we just started this friendship of just, Hey, tell me about who you are. And then she just said, Hey, have you ever wanted to do a podcast? And I said, yeah, but I, I just, I don't know if I have the bandwidth or the time with my travel schedule. Mm -hmm. Long story short, we really prayed about like, what would be the content? If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And so we, we started a podcast where people could find freedom from the things that they tell themselves they should and shouldn't do. Hmm. So we called it shut the should up. <laughs> you gotta say it slow. <laughs> shut the should up. Um, and then we make lots of puns with that. I mean, like we'll say, has your should hit the fan? You know what I mean? <laughs> do you find yourself shooting yourself all day long? I mean, like it's, it's, it's just really, it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to tackle these things that uh, honestly, a lot of us tell ourselves over and over again, I should be better. I should be a better mom. I should be a better husband. I should be a better wife. I should, I should have done this with my finances years ago. I mean, all those things that we just say we should do that really, what can you do about now? Mm -hmm. um, we tackle those in our topics every single week. We've done two seasons. The last episode for season two airs this week. So it's the final episode 14 for this season. Um, we're dreaming up and scheming up some things for season three, which are going to be pretty fun. Um, but we've just had a blast. We launched it in September. It's not even one year old. And I think we, we were down to like 80,000 listens or, or 80,000 downloads, something like that. So it's it's just been really really successful, really good. We've, we've been grateful for it. So it's fun. It's a lot of work, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was just a mess editing the 15 minute thing. You know, I just recorded that first one as a test to see if I could even figure out GarageBand. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, there's some stuff in here. We can go ahead and put that out. But as I told you yesterday, you know, I got a two-star review and I've just about gone into a whole <laughs> and, uh, Don't you worry about them reviews. They don't know the work it takes. You just know. I was like, I'm going to check out Candace's and see if she's got any so she can relate. I'm like, nope. It's like <laughs> five star, like 485 stars and one person gave you four. Yeah, yeah. That one episode person's out. on my list. You know, <laughs> some, <laughs> you <do>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know what's funny is um, Jenny does really good with the editing. And, and we've actually hired an editor for season two so that we can kind of give ourselves some freedom to travel and speak more, which now, you know, that feels a little bit, whatever. Um, but we, we actually created all of the jingles. So like the opening jingle I created in GarageBand, I wrote the songs for the in-between segments. And so we actually wanted to have listeners engaged. So we have a phone number dedicated to people calling in with their shoulds and we play their calls and we address our listeners. We wanted it to feel like an old 1940s ish, you know, radio show. Yeah. And so I mean, we, we just felt like if we were going to do it, let's do something that not a lot of people are doing. So we like it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, switching gears. Tell us uh, how it. you first heard about Washington, how you chose to mm -hmm. uh, come to campus and be a student here. Well, I had a youth minister at a Baptist church in uh, Mesquite, Texas, mm -hmm. that he had graduated from Washington. Him and his wife got married in Barry Chapel. 
And so they were, they were a young married couple as my youth pastor. And, um, and they were talking about Washington and raving about it, you know, and then they had some of their college friends that were about their same age, come and do the youth worship, the student worship on Wednesday nights. And so now we've got two married couples that I look up to in the youth group that they just talk about their good old days at Washita. And I was like, well, I'll go check it out. Um, when I was auditioning for music scholarships, I was really interested in probably like Hardin Simmons or something like that, you know, um, East Texas Baptist. I'd, I'd done an audition for them and, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I'll try out this Washita. I'll go see the campus and, and see what my youth minister is raving about. I'm telling you, John, I stood on campus and like doves flew out of those Bradford pear trees. <laughs> the sun came right up over the, the beautiful bells. I mean, like the tiger was glistening gold. I mean, like I just felt like the, it was just this moment of, oh, you know, and I felt at home on that campus. Like it just felt so uh, calming. It, it felt really, really just no better word. Like it just felt like home. And even still when I visit today, it feels, feels like home, you know, it just, it's nostalgic. Even before you have a single memory made there, it's nostalgic. And I don't even know how that's possible. Um, but I auditioned and I ended up getting a a decent music scholarship and, um, I found myself packing up for a room and meeting a roommate. I would never know who it was and and going to Washita that fall. And, um, I absolutely loved my time there, but that's how I found it. It was a, a youth minister. So all these ministry majors and, you know, the ones that are, they're saying, I don't know if I'm going to make a difference. And if I'm choosing the right thing, absolutely you do. You, you have no clue who you're influencing. And, and every time that you talk about Washington and your sweet memories, it actually gets people excited about it too. So, yeah, you know, definitely yeah. people ask, you know, sometimes what's your favorite place in the world? You know, we've traveled a lot and I'll yeah. say, you know, I really like Hawaii. <laughs> But, you know, one of my favorite places in the world is this campus, Arkadelphia, mm. Arkansas. Like, how can that <laughs> yeah. be one of the most, like, beautiful places on earth? But it really is. Like, I still yeah. remember borrowing my dad's car to drive to Tiger Tunes to visit. Mm. I only heard about Washington that week. I drove wow. all the way seven down through the beautiful mountains, and I got here, and I was like, it's the most beautiful place in the world. You know, wow. I can't believe Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And now I live wow. here. It's just. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're doing this podcast in Cone Bottoms next to Barry Chapel. You know, like it's a great, great place to be. So that is a great, it's a great place to be. The only thing I would say is those Bradford pears, man. You know what? They're toast. Ooh. They're gone. No. Yeah. What? Apparently, a Bradford pear tree has a lifespan. Did you know that? They only live like 20 something years. Well, actually, that kind of makes me happy because I'm telling you, they jacked my allergies up every single morning walking to class. I'll tell you my my highest rated Instagram post used to be like, "Hey, scratch and sniff this post and smell the Bradford pear trees blooming." <laughs> well, now they're gone, but you know it does smell a lot better. They're all crepe myrtles now, all down well, that. Good, it's beautiful. Well, I got to make it back up there again and drive during the daytime. I think I was there during night, yeah. and I didn't see that, so I need to drive during the day. Yeah, yeah. Those, those trees are gone. They kept breaking and hitting people's cars and. Always, <laughs> so I think there's a few remaining around, but they've tried to replace them all. Um, what did you enjoy most about your time at Washington? Was there something you enjoyed, you know, over anything else? Or just tell us about Man, that. Man, I have so many good memories. I've, I mean, like so many. Obviously, I feel like the friendships are huge. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you make these lifelong friends and you really do. 
Um, friends are huge. I also feel like just the discovery. I mean, it, you're living a coming of age story when you're in college, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it perpetually felt like I was just trying to discover who I was and, and trying to discover, um, what real life is like outside of being a child going into adulthood, you know? And, and for me, it just, it felt like a safe place to learn. You know, it felt like a, a safe place to be able to make some hiccups and some road bumps along the way, but it also felt um, as though it was course correcting for me. You know, there were a lot of times where uh, I'd have some great professors just pull me aside and give me the great talk that I needed from a dad figure, you know, or a mom figure and just say, I believe in you. So I don't know. I think when I look back at my time at Washita, yeah, I was at a high level energy of Chris Farley impersonating, right? You know, uh, that's kind of where I lived. But at the same time, I also had some people that highly believed in me and constantly encouraged me. Um, Dr. Fuller and his wife, um, they, they were monumental in that. When I think about them and their encouragement that they offered me, um, Cindy Fuller was my music voice teacher. Oh, oh my goodness. She was, she was a blast, but she made me look in the mirror while I sang. And I was like, I can't do, I mean, I remember melting down one day and I just said, I can't look in the mirror. And she said, why? And I said, I just don't like what I see. And I just started bawling. And she was like, she spent that whole time with me in voice lesson. She just cried with me, rubbed my shoulder. And she was like, I don't know who you think you are, but you are not the person you're mad at. And I mean, I was like, I'm getting a therapy session, you know, (laughs) and that, and then I walk out of that room and I put on a strong face and I act like everything's fine and I'm making everybody laugh in the halls and everybody on campus, but they had no clue that I just had a mental breakdown with somebody in their office. And I think about those things and I'm like, those are the moments that people invested in me and loved me and, and really encouraged me that nobody would ever know about otherwise, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, looking back, is there a lesson you learned during your time here that you would say made a big impact on your life? If I'm really honest, it's going to sound bad, but part of me, um, part of me says, don't be slower than the other people that you're pranking with. Like, don't be caught. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Or you end up in the Dean's office, you know? Yeah. Like, like don't, don't take on a prank with people that can outrun you. Make sure that you're at least a little bit fast. You know, you don't want to be the last one left in the fountain with the suds. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. There were some pretty good pranks when we were here. You know, remember somebody, uh, breaking in and changing the chapel bells to baby got back and um, during finals week. I don't know who that was, but I don't, I don't, I don't know either. It was <laughs> awesome. It's funny. It's funny. Who did that? I don't know. They we all were like, did you do it? And I was like, um, I hear that the opening is small to where they put the bells. And so I don't think I would fit. So that was, <laughs> that was my cop out. Like, sorry, I can't fit up the, the doorway. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, um, nope. No, nope, Chubby wins the day for that. I can. Yeah, I can. You, want, you want to go over there and try to squeeze me through that hole? I can prove it. <laughs> it's like the glove with OJ. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> if it doesn't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> Can't fit me through there. I didn't mess with that eight track that played inappropriate songs. <laughs> I just uh, remember being in eight and and hearing that come across, and we all came running yes. out, and then yeah. they turned the safety car upside down. 
like while safety yes. in to like save the bells, you know? Yes. Yeah. I remember it all. I remember, oh, Dr. George Keck, he had a briefcase in his hand. He stopped and heard this horrible music coming from that area. And he looked the most disgusted I've ever seen any human look. And he stomped furiously with his briefcase into <laughs> the fine arts building. And that was what set me over the line. I was like, I'm, I'm losing it watching how pristinely and, 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 and accurately every step was taken in such fury. I mean, I, I, for some reason that caught me with the giggles. And I was like, if anything, this was worth that moment right there was to watch Dr. Keck just <laughs> fastly get into fine arts to find out how do we stop this? It was so very chapel had been defiled, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, it was wrong. It was wrong. Yeah. You know, so when I came good. back to Washtenaw, the chapel bells weren't like, no, they weren't working. I don't know what had happened, but I was oh, like, no. it is my mission to get the bells ringing at Washtenaw. And so they found somebody who could get it all back up and running. And I mean, I flung open these windows and was like, Hymns are coming from the chapel again. It was like a glorious day. Like, You're like Anna from Frozen. Yeah. Tell the guards to open up the gates. <laughs> exactly. I, I went running out and just listened. And they were like, how many times do you want it to play hymns or whatever? And I was like, well, it needs to go like at four minutes after five. So when I leave work, as I'm walking to my car, it'll be like a glorious Stop it. Moment. So yeah, they went <laughs> like four minutes after noon and four minutes after five they play hymns so oh yeah. depends on what hymn it is i mean do you feel conviction or freedom when they play those hymns because i mean like <laughs> man whatever hymn it is i'd be like man that's I mean, that's hitting the, deep today the best <laughs> hymns are the ones i know we sang with dr Wright in choir and i yes. guess a mighty fortress with the cha -chang 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 <laughs> as i walk into my car and everybody looks at me like i'm crazy but Ching ching China. <laughs> Welcome to the car, having a moment. Dr. Wright, what a blast. It was so great. He he had a way of describing those instrument pla placements right there. Yeah. So, oh, lots of CHs in that description. It was yeah, so good. Throwing things at us and pencils in the you know air, but you know, good Yeah, every time I hear Ferris Lord Jesus, I think of Washington Singers, you yeah. know. Ferris Lord. I mean, the dynamics I have nailed still yeah. to this day. Yeah. Yeah, crescendo, decrescendo. If we ever sing that at church, like, or one of the songs that we did, I mean, I sing it just like we did then with like, <laughs> the perfect enunciation, I, the big swells, you know, I'm like all in it. <laughs> you're, you're at a stance. You're ready. You're like leaning a little forward. <laughs> still, sometimes I, I watch a choir around here or something and I'm like, um, Charlie Fuller would whack you for not holding that folder <laughs> out precisely. I'm like, you are doing it wrong. Oh, some come of my there. favorite memories are Washington singers, man. I'm telling you, I, John, do you remember that, that church that we were in? Do you remember that church with the old pew where I, I caught the giggles and I, <laughs> I laughed the entire time on that pew and it creaked every time I laughed. Where was that? Was it in Texas? Oh, no, it was in Arkansas somewhere. It was a beautiful old church, stained glass windows. The, the ceilings were wooden and they were huge, massively tall. And there was a jazz flute player <laughs> that got up to play and he had just a little bit of an eye that would wander off from the other one. And I got, got giggly. Oh, you've got one of those? <laughs> Me too. I, I had my corrective surgery. We're okay. We're okay. It's no shame. No shame's on here. <laughs> but... 
he started playing and I'm telling you, I, me and, and my friend Bonnie, we lost, we were in giggle fits and we were wearing these dresses that sounded like trash bags. <laughs> and so we'd laugh and we'd just hear this, <laughs> you know, and then we're on an old wooden bench. So then you hear creak, 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 the same time. And I'm telling you, I could not stop. If people thought I was laughing it up with a Chewbacca mask, this was like 10 times worse, 10 okay. times worse. I would not get that. Oh. We didn't no, I'm, I'm glad they didn't because they had to carry bad. a big VHS camcorder in there to get that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, many DVs were out about that time. Remember? Like the laser, little- laser disc. You know? Yes. Oh, oh, kids these days will never know. Kids right. these days. Well, we have a little segment here we call Fast Fave Fives. So I'm going to ask yes. you five questions. You just fire off whatever you whatever comes to mind. And there are five okay. things about this place we love, this Washtenaw Baptist University. So um, first one is favorite professor. Oh, man. I'm going to have to say Scotty Holsclaw. Oh, no. Uh, you know, um, Dr. Holsclaw was my theater professor. He was somebody that challenged me in a way that my music classes couldn't have challenged me. And I say that it's in the nicest way, but when you're honest in acting, it requires you to be honest with yourself. Hmm. It's one thing for you to emote through music. You know what I mean? Like anybody can really hide behind a song with some good lyrics and some beautifully placed notes. But when you have to be on stage and act, it requires you to know the depths of how you feel about something to translate that well. And there were a couple of times where I just remember he just encouraged me. And I'll never forget. I had a, <laughs> I had a final that I had to do a scene where I had a kiss with a guy. Ooh. Okay. And I had to act a little bit saucy, a little bit sexy. <laughs> and I'm thinking this is so out of my character. I'm not that person, which is why I was assigned that monologue. Right. <clears throat> um, and he was like, Candace, act it then, act it, you know? And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. The first line of the monologue was, don't you want to know what's in the back bedroom? <laughs> okay, well, already it's setting the stage for some suspense and thrill, right? <clears throat> and so I was practicing this line in my college dorm with my roommates. And I was, they were like, well, maybe if you had a voice, you'd feel like you could own the character. And I was like, let's do it. I said this line and we lost it. We all just were in tears because I, and I swear, I will reenact this. It, this was how I thought I was being sexy in this moment. I said, don't you want to know what's in the back badger? And like, everybody was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. Did that not translate? They're like, no. And More so scary. I remember. It's too scary. I, it's, it's horrible. No, I don't want to know what's in the back bedroom. In, in machete? <laughs> Ch- chainsaws? Murderer? No, I, I ended up, I, I, was, I was broken down because I couldn't figure out this character or how to act. And, and I went to Dr. Holskall's office and I just said, I, I want to change my monologue. I'm having a hard time with this. And I remember he just had a conversation with me that was like, I believe in you. I believe that you can find out who you are, that you're not. He, he was really the first person that just kind of believed that I wasn't just somebody to laugh at. Mm-hmm. That, that he was like, you are much deeper than this. This is why you're doing this monologue. And so um, I loved him. Man, I love him and his wife. They were just... <sighs> They're the best. I still, like, still, when I see him, we take pictures where we're literally hugging each other as tight as we possibly can. 
Now, with social distancing, it's a good thing that I'm not near him because we would be like, I'm doing it. I'm coming in for a bear hug because, you know, I can't help it. I love him so much. I love him. Love, love, the, always will. Got to wait till the Rona leaves and you come back and get a <laughs> hug there. It's exact, or either that, I'll just put on a hazmat suit. We'll just hug oh, that no. way. I think more people should do that. I mean, it's yes. very important. I think people should be hazmat and up. You know, I think John Travolta knew something being the boy in the bubble from the 1970s movie yeah. on TV. Yeah. We Maybe. should figure this out. Or at least like if you, if you lie saw and wait four minutes, your whole bodies, you should be able to <laughs> Killed it all. At least 99.9%. <laughs> I really want one of those foggers, you know, that people, they're running around like fogging rooms. Yes. I need one. Yes. Then that would satisfy my desire to be an incredible rock star worship leader too. I'd come out in the holy haze. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we tried to do cold fog on stage for Tiger Tunes, but the air conditioning system, every time it would like get all out on the stage, it would go boom and suck all the cold (laughs) fog out. I was like, I'm trying to make a thing, trying to make a thing happen. (laughs) Watchtop being too too efficient for us. Oh, dang it. All the time. Hey, favorite production. What was the favorite um, like theatrical production you were in? Wow. I know you were in quite a few. Easy. Easy. Godspell. Oh, yeah. Easy. Hands down, Godspell. Um, it was an ensemble cast. Um, I dedicated my performance every time to the late Chris Farley. Um, yeah. No joke. Like, like it got printed in the, some sort of Arkansas paper. Candace Sharp dedicates her performance to the late Chris Farley. And I actually had a part in there where I imitated him on purpose um, in one of my lines. And so um, I just, I loved Godspell. I loved the music in it. Um, I hated having to learn how to dance (laughs) for it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I loved Godspell. Always will. Always will. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite productions at Washtaw. Brian Bailey. Amazing. In that production for a long time. I like, wouldn't go to a Verser production because it couldn't be better than Godspell. And I've seen a couple of really right. good ones recently, but I'm like carrying him out up those, you know, that yes. those stairs. I mean, it was just, it was epic. It was so good. Yes. And then in those little sound holes, the sound pockets in the ceiling on the side, we'd have mm-hmm. characters come out and sing from those. I mean, like we utilized every area of that Verser theater. It was so much fun. I love that. Thank yeah. Favorite song that you can remember from your time in Washtenaw Singers or Concert Choir? Do you have a favorite? Oh, mm-hmm. Cervus. Oh, good one. Yeah. The alto part was killer. <laughs> Very similar to my voice of, don't you want to know? What's in the back bedroom? Scary Cherubus going on there. Yeah, if we could get two more people to join this call, we could round out the parts on that. Be like Andy on The Office. There you Please go. tell me. Please tell me you remember the episode where he was trying to win Angela and he <laughs> just puts on the speaker phones and he goes, if you change your mind. And then they all start <laughs> singing together with him. I'll be there on time. Oh there my gosh. Go. Our so next interview, we'll do CQ Chervis yes. on the on Yes, the absolutely. I remember yeah. every part. I love it. That's a good one. You know, we also had a lot of good moments in festival Christmas rehearsals. I know, but oh, I was Raggedy Andy. No, I was Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann. Yeah. For one of those. It was great. Yeah. Gary Miller was Rudolph. I remember. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Had some good moments. Oh, I was a chipmunk. Do you remember we were Alvin and the chipmunks? Oh, 
Yes, I do remember. Oh, I just remember the most glorious part of my fall semester was trying to find the perfect Christmas sweater to wear for Festival of Christmas. And I would go thrift shop hunting. And it, I mean, like, the more sparkles, the more sequin, the better. The better. Oh, yeah. yeah, I put it Loved off. Loved it. I put it off and ended up wearing an orange sweater that Ellen Wade let me borrow. I remember that like it was yesterday because I remember looking over at you going, what is he wearing? That's not Christmas at all. And then Ellen, that's my sweater. (laughs) I was a season behind. I was like a pumpkin. You know what it is? I just remembered what it was. People always told me when I wore red, I looked like Bob the tomato because I'm a little. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. I wouldn't wear red. And that was what everybody wanted me to wear. And I'm like, no, orange. Then the, the other Christmas color is green, John. You had another option besides orange. Yes, I wasn't like, had... like Larry. I wasn't tall enough to do that. But yeah, that was a good option. Why orange? I don't know. I was the color of mulling spices, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> For the season. All right. Next question. Oh. Favorite place on campus? What's your favorite? Oh, spot? my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Man, that's hard. That's hard. There's a lot of, of sweet memory places there. Um, I'm just going to say I, I, right in the middle, right in the middle, right in the middle outside of uh, fine arts and the student center. Just, you know, find us on any one of those half concrete pillars sitting down with guitars and, and eating lunch on a beautiful day. I really just feel like I love people watching. So at the end of the day, I think just in the middle of it all is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, tons of moments and memories made while you were here. Is there a favorite moment? Can you pick out one moment and think, yeah, that was, that was Washaw. That was my favorite moment. Oh, for me, it has to be homecoming queen. This is not a humble brag. It's, (laughs) it's just honest. It's just honest. Um, I write about it actually in my first book, laugh it up that um that weekend for Washita it's going to sound like such a Debbie Downer here transition I'm not trying to be but that weekend the students voted me their homecoming queen um I was suicidal and so for me nobody had any clue what I was internally wrestling with except for like my roommates that were with me and and um, called my parents and helped out but um I would say that weekend <clears throat> of just being acknowledged and loved on and appreciated and, and given validation. Like it just felt like so many things, you know, um, were wrapped in that moment. I, when I think instantly back to Wash Tots, it's always going to be about homecoming weekend for both reasons, you know, the sorrow in it and the joy in it. So, yeah. Yeah. You saw the password for our, our uh, podcast session. (laughs) HC queen 99. I did. I did. I was like, look, Making jokes. I see it. Okay. Oh, okay. That's us making jokes all the time. Um, do you have any new projects in the works you can share about? I'm, I know anytime we talk, there are things you can't share about. I know you have a Bible study coming out. Anything new that you want to share with us today? Yeah, actually, um, you know, I'm going to actually lead the Bible study that I'm releasing June 2nd uh, online for free. Mm-hmm. So, Zon- yeah, seriously, Zondervan's going to put up um, each week, a different episode, and I'm going to come back and like host it. So we're in a weird space in a quarantine. So you may not be able to meet with a small group that you normally meet with or your church or anything, but I, I thought let's do it for free. And you know what a risk that is for 
a new project just to be like, let's, let's offer it for free. Um, so very soon if they, people follow me on social media, you're going to find a way to register for it. And it's going to be just a blast. If you feel like, Oh, wow. She wants me to do a Bible study. If you haven't already kind of garnished who I am through this podcast episode, (laughs) then I think maybe you can have some, some, uh, uh, comfort knowing that it's really, it's not your mama's Bible study. So I'm going to be hosting it for free. And, um, then I'm going to be coming on a private Facebook page, um, every week and just recapping what we learned and going through like the fun work. I don't call it homework. It's going to be fun work. And, uh, so yeah, that's my next bigger project. And then obviously I cannot wait, cannot wait for the fall to actually maybe clear some of this, um, space to where we can maybe start having some live events. It may be longer than that. I mean, I don't have something that's a hard expectation, but, but when we're able to do events again, I cannot wait to travel and and be able to meet people face to face again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, tell our folks how they can find you online, purchase your books, Bible studies, that kind of thing. Tell us how we can follow you and find you. Yeah. The the easiest thing I can say is candacepain.me, M-E. Yeah. So Candace Payne, no I's in any of it. All A's, candacepain.me. If you go to .com, I, don't, I, can't, I can't promise you what you're going to see. So <laughs> go to .me. Have you looked at candacepain.com? No. It? No, I just know that somebody right after the Chewbacca mom video uh, bought the the rights to it and they're squatting on it, trying to sell it to me for like a a crazy amount. And I'm like, forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do .me. Yeah, you know, I have the the ever popular johnmerryman.com that, you know, just is not, I just held on to it. Keep it forever. You never know what will happen, bud. Keep it I, forever. I think I got it when I was 12. I don't know. I was ready to be. Yes. <laughs> yes. You want to know the irony? I actually had let go CandacePain.com four months earlier to that. No. I kid you not. Uh, because because I was like, yeah, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pay this registration fee again. Here we are. Yeah, I don't want to pay ten dollars to host Gator. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't even know what mine is, but yeah, they send me that email every year. Won't yeah, but, that's crazy. Uh, well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for carving out some time and quarantine yeah. to, to talk. So yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, Washingtonians, look forward to y'all coming back. Thanks for listening, and um, man. Praying for y'all for a safe and healthy quarantine and a return. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks so much, friend. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.